0: Thank you for tuning in to the Carter Effect podcast, where we will discuss faith, family, football, and life. My name is Nathan Carter, and I have the privilege and honor to speak to you today. So please feel free to sit back and relax as we dive into today's episode. God bless. What is going on, everybody? Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. However it is, wherever you are, I hope that everyone listening is having a blessed and amazing day. Uh, one of the things that I find it could be challenging in, in the Christian community, especially in the realm of college athletics, is a lot of Christians you know, are, have the platform, have the ability to share the gospel. They have the ability to promote the kingdom of God, but I tend to see not a lot of Christians doing so. And part of that may be fear. Part of that may be because we don't know or understand how we can use our platform for the kingdom and what you know that truly means. So today the topic we're gonna to talk about is how we can use our God-given platform for the kingdom. And as you can see by the title of this episode it's how to use your platform for the kingdom now before i get into the specifics and the steps of how we can use our platform i want to briefly talk about what i mean by the kingdom which is the kingdom of god you can define kingdom as to govern or the realm in which a sovereign king rules and in this context defining The kingdom of God is a spiritual rule over the hearts and lives of those who willingly submit to God's authority. And you may be asking yourself right now, well, what exactly am I supposed to be saying about the kingdom of God? And my answer to that question would be the gospel or, in other words, the good news. Right, the good news of God's grace, the good news of God's mercy, the message of repentance, the uh, uh redemption and restoration that is offered by God to everyone who willingly receives and submits to Christ. see it is important for us as Christians, as students, as athletes, for us to advance and to promote the kingdom of God by sharing the good news that God provides for the sake of saving souls. And I believe that God has given each and every one of us the ability to do so. As a Christian athlete myself, I've been blessed with the opportunity and the platform to promote my faith, or in other words, to share the good news. And the thing about that is me being able to promote my faith was never something that I had to go get clearance for or permission to do from someone else. There weren't any rules or regulations that I had to follow that limited me from promoting the name of Jesus Christ. It it was simply my right, and I could freely talk about this topic however I pleased. When you look at college athletics today, The big thing right now is the new NIL rule. Right? Athletes are now able to use their name, image, and likeness to endorse themselves and to promote their brand without breaking any NCAA laws. And I believe that this is a great thing for college athletics and truly a blessing. And for a while, even before this rule came to be, using your name, image and likeness was illegal. And and we as athletes didn't have the freedom to promote ourselves the way we wanted to, and you can see uh, years past how athletes who did do things like that and profited from things like that suffered consequences from the NCA, whether they were suspended, whether they had to eliminate what they were profiting off of from right, and I, and I mention I say all that to say that. I truly believe that some of you listening to this right now are possibly waiting for permission to share your faith. I believe that some of you who are listening to this right now may be wanting to share your faith, but you don't feel like you have the freedom to. Some of you may be wanting to share your faith, but you don't feel like you're equipped to or that you're ready and therefore you're afraid because you don't want to say the wrong thing or maybe because you don't want to be quote-unquote canceled, right? You don't want to be canceled by your friends, by your family, by your teammates, or even by your coaches. And I want to encourage you and help you to realize today that God has given you the ability, the power, authority and the permission to share his amazing good news and that he has already provided and equipped you for the ability to do so that everything that you are worried about everything that you think that you don't have God has already given it unto you and he's waiting for you to make yourself available to him so that you can use it to advance his kingdom And now, now earlier we have defined and we know what the kingdom of God is. We know what exactly we're supposed to be sharing about the kingdom of God. And we know that God has equipped us and has given us permission to share about his kingdom. Now that we have all this knowledge, it would be unwise for us to just sit here and not use it. Right. What we have to do and what we're what what we need to do is we need to be able to use and apply this knowledge effectively on our own college campuses. And, and for those who are still listening, I want to thank you. Number one, I want to give you some tips of, of, and some tricks of what you could follow and how you can use your platform for the kingdom first thing that we have to know is that we have to seek the kingdom of god before we can even use what god has given us to promote his kingdom we have to be devoted followers of christ in how we live our lives in first corinthians chapter 6 verses 9 through 11 it states that don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of god don't fool yourselves Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheat people. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 11. Some of you were once like that. But you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. I want to remind you that if we as Christians are living a worldly life, we can't expect to save souls. For those who are with Christ, we have been cleansed of our old past sinful life. We are not a slave to that anymore. We are not a slave to our old life anymore. We are not a slave to our old sinful life anymore. Why? Because Jesus has already won the war over sin. Because we have the authority from God to gain victory over sin. We have the authority from God to gain victory over cursing. To gain victory over sex before marriage. To gain victory over drunkenness. To gain victory over idolatry. To gain victory over lying. To gain victory over pride. To gain victory over procrastination. To gain victory of any other sin that may be present in our lives. And we have this victory. This victory. Why? Because Jesus died for it. 2,000 years ago he sacrificed his life. For your sin. For my sin. For all of our sins. So that we do not have to live a life of sin anymore. And 1 John chapter 3 verses 9 through 10 it states that those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning. Because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning. Because they are children of God. Verse 10. So now we can tell who are children of God. And who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. One key point that I want that, that, that I really am, that I want you guys to remember that I'm stressing is that. And In the verse, it says, those who have been born in God's family do not make a practice of sinning, right? And some of you may be wondering, well, I thought God's grace covered my sin. I thought God's grace saved me from my sin. And yes, God's grace does all of that. Like I said, because of God's grace, you are not bound and you are cleansed from your sin. But I want to remind you that we cannot abuse God's grace that God's grace does not give us a license to sin God's grace does not give us a license to continue to live immoral lives thinking that God's going to forgive us each and every day when we continually to, to practice our sin where we, we are we are when we're practicing our sin without remorse without conviction without change and we're doing that and we believe that God's going to forgive us when we know we're sinning we don't want to change our sin But we're abused in the grace of God Believing he's going to forgive us For something that we don't want to submit To his authority to Something that we are slave to And the verse is saying that Those who are practicing sinning in their lives They have no relationship with God And they are not part of his kingdom So if you're living a sinful life If you're indulging in sexual sin If you're procrastinating if you're lying if you're practicing any of these things right what 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 does the verse mean by practice right when you practice something you do it over and over and over again you do it consistently so if you're consistently indulging in these sins without conviction without remorse and without the spirit of change the word says the bible says god says you are not his child it says that You belong to the devil. You're a children of the devil and that's you're not a part of his kingdom. That's why it's so important for us to seek the kingdom of God, to seek the power of God, to seek God's word, to run away from tempting situations. Why? Because we have to be aligned with Christ in order for us to use all the tools that God has equipped us with to be effective for his kingdom. Now, after we seek the kingdom of God, now we're able to use the tools that he has given us to be effective. In the sport I play, football, one of the most powerful positions on the field is quarterback. Right? It's the team's most prized possession. It's quarterback. Uh, any any position on the field that makes the most money in the NFL is a quarterback. On the football field, a quarterback uses his skills to help his team run plays against the defense to score touchdowns to win games, right? To the naked eye, that might sound simple. But with all, but, but a quarterback that has all the skills in the world will never be able to use those skills without being able to tell his team what to do. In other words, the quarterback has to use his words in order for him to tell his teammates the play, And the play that the quarterback tells his teammates then gives all the players their own individual responsibilities on how that play should be correctly run. After the quarterback gives his team the play, then they can go out on the field and execute the play given to them. But even before all of that, the quarterback has to start the play. And he has to start the play using his most powerful weapon. Now, his most powerful weapon to start the play is not his arm. It's not his spiral. But the most powerful weapon that he uses is his tongue. See, the quarterback's tongue gets everything started. The moment the quarterback says, ready, set, hut, the play goes. Everybody moves. The craziest thing about it is the moment the, the, the ball snaps after ready, set, hut, the enemy moves as well. The opponent team moves as well. So what the quarterback can do is the quarterback can use his tongue to audible a player or in other words to correct it into something that's better than the original. He can use his tongue to tell a player what route to run. He can use his tongue to tell a player who to block, how fast or how slow a player should go. And he can even use his tongue to identify what the enemy is doing in order for his teammates to be successful against the enemy. One of the greatest tools... That God has given us and our entire body is our tongue. But it's not just about having the tool of the tongue. It's about how we use the tool of the tongue. In the book of Proverbs chapter 18 verses 20 to 21, it states that wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring Satisfaction. Verse 21, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. It's important that we use our tongue to share the gospel, but to do it in a way where we're using the fruits of the spirit. In Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 through 24, it talks about the fruits of the spirit. It talks about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all the fruits of the Spirit. We have to make sure that when we're spreading the gospel, that what we're speaking, when we're using our tongue, that it's through the fruits of the Spirit. It's not through fear. It's not through anger. It's not through impatience. But it's through the love, the joy, the peace, and all the rest of the fruits of the spirits that the Holy Spirit gives us. We have, to be made, oh, we have to also make sure that we stick to the Bible and stick close to God's word. When we're speaking the gospel, when we're using our tongue, we have to be conscious that we're not dumbing it down or we're not sugarcoating it. That we're not straying away from the truth. But we're staying firm in what the word of God says and what God commands. And and if we use this tool effectively and diligently. Then more souls will be saved. And will be a great tool and we will be able to advance the kingdom of God. Lastly, after we seek the kingdom of God and then use one of the most powerful tools of the tongue to spread the gospel now and then can we go out and use a platform that God has given us to our advantage. I want to talk to every athlete, every Christian, every student out there that may be listening to this. I want you to remember this and get this, that you have a platform. That we all have a platform. Our social media accounts are our platforms. Our life is our platform. The sport we play is our platform. These are all platforms that God has equipped us with to promote his kingdom. It doesn't matter how many followers we have on Instagram or Twitter, whether it's 1,000, 10,000, 100,000, or even a million Our goal should be to spread the gospel to however many followers that we have and even more. We should be posting about Jesus. And I encourage you to post about Jesus on your Instagram stories. Post about Jesus on your Twitter feed. Post about Jesus on your TikTok account. Ask people about Jesus using your social media. Use your social media to share and be open with your faith and to tell everybody about how God changed your life. Tell everybody about what your testimony is. It doesn't have to be something magical. It doesn't have to be something super spiritual. It doesn't have to be a sermon or some long, lengthy post, right? The gospel is simple, so we can make our posts simple. They don't have to be complicated. They can be simple, authentic, and most importantly, they can be you. It can be you. Make your posts about Jesus, but through you. And what I mean by that is you don't have to change yourself. You don't have to try to make yourself someone you're not. Right? As athletes, we'll always have people watching us and looking up to us, whether that be our peers, our family, our teammates, our haters, anybody from the outside, or even the little children who come to our games. Eyes will always be on us. Most of the people watching us, are, and will be unbelievers. In Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 through 6, it states, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. We show people the goodness of God by how we present ourselves. Just think about how many lives you've changed you change, and you would change, if you began to live like Jesus, if you walked around your college campus living like Jesus, imagine how many people would be watching you. You'll be so much different from the world while the world is doing something. You're doing something different. And people who are watching you will see your life and they will see how you're different from the world and you see your life change and they'll be interested in knowing how. And then in there, that opens up doors and opportunities for you to tell them about Jesus. Even on a college campus, sports are often praised, especially if your sports team is really, really good or your college is is a top-tier college, right? Use that blessing to your advantage. Use it to touch the hearts of the people you see walking around every single day, the people who you sit next to in class. The people who, who you look at in the hallways and don't see anything to. We have to understand that we are walking by unbelievers each and every day. That people are dying and people are going to hell each and every day. And we have the ability to save the souls and to tell people about Jesus. But how many of us are taking advantage of that opportunity? How many of us are walking by people each and every day knowing that if they died that day, That they would not experience eternal life. So many people are walking around this earth not knowing who Jesus is. And God is commanding us and giving us the ability to tell people who Jesus is. And yet, we're not taking advantage of the opportunities that we are given. In Matthew, chapter 28, verse 18 to 20, after Jesus' resurrection, it states, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am always with you. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We are all called to go out and make disciples across all nations. A disciple is a follower or a student. Jesus calls us to go out and to make more of his followers, to make more of his students and to teach them about God and about all of his commandments. You have to understand that this is a calling and that we are all chosen to do this. And that the great thing about this is what Jesus says at the end is that He is always with us, right? That statement is a promise, it's a guarantee that no matter what education we have, no matter what we think we can or cannot do, no matter who we think we can or cannot touch or speak to, or move, that God is always with us, and is always working through us, and that he guarantees and promises that as we go out and as we share our faith and make disciples, that he will remain with us, and that he is helping us every single step of the way. At this time, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for everyone listening to this, every student, every athlete, every child, every adult. I want to pray for you at this time, and I want you to feel free to close your eyes. Feel free to get in an environment that's safe, that's quiet, that's private. And even on your own in that environment, get yourself in the presence of God and begin to talk to God on your own. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the privilege and the gift that you have given us to be inherited into your kingdom. I thank you for being such an amazing, powerful God that gives us all of our needs. I pray right now, Lord, for my brother and sister who may be listening to this. I pray, Father, that they receive the words that you spoke to them today through this podcast. I pray that what was said touched And pierced their heart, mind, soul, and spirit. And that challenged them to be more active in their faith. Father, we know that you have equipped us with the tools and the gifts and the abilities to advance your kingdom. And we know that you have called us all to make disciples in your name. And that you promise that you are with us and that you will never leave our side. I ask, Father, that you help us to remember those things. In times of doubt or confusion, I pray that you grant us confidence and clarity to believe and to trust in you. And in times where opportunity presents itself, that you give us wisdom and you help us to be bold in the words we say and to make the most of it. Father, I pray that you help us to use our platforms for your glory and not for our own. And that we are able to touch the hearts and the minds and the souls and spirits of those who follow and watch us as we guide them towards you. And Lord, I pray that when we do lead people towards you, that you fill them up with your presence. You fill them up with your love, your grace, and your mercy. And Father, we love you. And we thank you for all that you will do. For all that you promised to do. For all that you guaranteed that you would do. And for all that you will continue to do for us going forward. In Jesus' name, amen. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend, family member, or anybody that you think would benefit from listening to this. If you feel led to support this podcast in any way, please feel free to do so. Let me know what you guys want to hear or any subject that you guys want me to talk about in my next episode. Always remember to keep God first. And I encourage you today to stay hungry and stay humble. See you next time on the Carter Effect Podcast.